The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Regina Doherty, the Finnegate Senator, is with me in studio, but joining us on the line from Belgium, the Socialist TD for Cork North Central and member of the Oireachtas Finance Committee, Mick Barry. Mick is in Belgium for the International Socialist Alternative World Congress. It is being attended by socialist activists from more than 20 countries around the world and it lends us our topic today. Is socialism a force for good in the world? A question being asked of the public by our reporter Heather Laurie. I actually think it's for the good. I really do feel that people should have access to homes and education and that and that the, the wealth shouldn't be totally for the elitist. On paper it's good, in practice it's not. It's like any kind of extreme politics, it doesn't really work in practice on either side of the of the scale. I, like I suppose it is uh it would help with like social housing and that kind of stuff uh, probably not like you know I know people are like with wage increases like the minimum wage gone up now whatever but that's no good when taxes are gone up as well so it's kind of contradictory almost and it's it's just going to get harder and harder to live and everyone else is going to end up moving out of the country at this stage yes if the workplace was socialised then um, the people who work there would be running it they'd have probably a better idea how to run it if, if they're for instance, paid in money for what the work they do, they get all of the money instead of most of the money just going to the person who owns it. Yes, I do. Redistributing wealth and the state intervening for help those who are less well off. Don't see how that could be a bad thing. All right, some of the views of people on the street speaking to our reporter, Heather Laurie. As I said, Mick is at this conference, so we will start with you. Uh, Mick, uh, is socialism a force for good in the world? Yes, I think it is. I'm here at this uh, conference with people uh, from the United States who are involved in trying to unionize Amazon, people from Germany who are trying to stop the destruction of a village to make way for a coal mine, and people from Brazil who are rallying people against attempts to have a a Trump-style coup in their country. I tried to get a a good definition of socialism today. Um, Language is a little bit flowery, but the best one I got was the old socialist clause from the British Labour Party, which said... Uh, to secure for the working people by hand or by brain the full fruits of their industry and the most equitable distribution thereof. So I would break that down as saying that the people who create the wealth in society, who run society on a day-to-day basis, your nurses, your transport workers, your retail workers, the working class, in other words, would own and control the wealth collectively and use it for progressive causes, to tackle the housing crisis, to go for a big increase in the minimum wage and to end low pay, instead of uh, what we have in a capitalist society of that wealth being in large measure siphoned off by the 1% at the top. Regina Doherty, workers controlling the fruits of their labour. The question I suppose that you put with this week is, is there, is it a force for good? And to, to answer that question, I think it probably is in theory when it guides people to make sure that, you know, the actions that states take, um, the laws that they take to control and govern corporations, capitalist society, whatever way you want to put it, is working in the common good and in the best interest of people that we serve. Uh, the problem with it is, is that on paper, it looks lovely. Um, and I think the foundations of it was a yearning for something that was fairer than a capitalist society at its worst. 
but it doesn't work um, in, in reality. And all you have to do is to look at the very big examples of China and Russia. And all you end up with is practically a fascist society that really, really puts its people in pain and poverty to the most extreme levels that you wouldn't ever see in a capitalist society. Now, having said that, when you look at the USA and Russia and China, there's probably not much of a difference, even though they're coming from different sides of the spectrum. Um, so to me, when you yearn for something that's fairer than capitalism, you end up in the centre. You don't end up at the extremes. And you end up with the kind of a social conscience, uh, conscientious democracy. And I think that's what most modern democracies try to be. They don't get it right. They don't get it right all of the time. They get it right some of the time. But when you actually look at what socialism espouses, it wants people to be treated fairly. So what you put into the pot, you get back out of the pot, you know, to be treated fairly. Mm. And I think you look at some of our newer employers, and I use Stripe as an example a lot. You look at those two young lads who we wouldn't have that company without their brains, their you know, ingenuity, their entrepreneurship. But they recognise that they wouldn't have the success they have without all of the other people that work in the organisation. And they're going to get back in spades when they float next so, week, so, next so month. Social, so, so socialism exploits like unrestrained capitalism and centrism strikes the right balance. I would like to think it does. Now, it doesn't always work mm. and it isn't perfect. But what I think we've seen at the extremes is capitalism certainly isn't perfect, but also the socialist examples of that we've had, um, and, you know, there are many, have been absolutely disastrous for the people of the countries that they serve because they don't serve the people, they serve themselves. And that's the human mm. part of the ideology kind of unwinding. Mick, are there plenty of cautionary tales when it comes to socialism from history? Well, I have to say I'm smiling here, Karen. I'm, I'm looking forward to the headlines in the Daily Mail tomorrow Um Socialism is probably a force for good in the world, says Fine Gael Senator. But uh, we'll leave that one aside for a moment. Um, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to just take up the, uh, the Russia issue uh, because it's the one that is the hoary old chestnut that always comes up. Uh, and of course, the point here is that the regime that ruled in Russia and Eastern Europe, um, that was not a socialist government. Um, it was a dictatorial regime a Stalinist regime in which democratic rights were trampled underfoot. And to show that it had nothing in common with the genuine ideas of socialism, I would point to the fact that the very first people who were silenced when that regime came to power were precisely the socialists, democratic socialists, who had led the revolution and who were champions of democratic rights and uh, workers' uh, control. So in the early days there, when you had um, uh, socialists holding the reins, you didn't just have the withdrawal from a war and the distribution of the land. You had the legalization of homosexuality, the legalization of abortion, things that we didn't get in capitalist Ireland for nearly a century afterwards. And when the wall came down, I think the big lie was that Stalinist dictatorship equals socialism. Mm. And the the billionaire press, the, the Murdoch media, were keen to put that uh, out there. And final point, why were they so keen to put it out there? Because they know that the genuine ideas of democratic socialism uh, is the real alternative so, to their system of So, Mick, have we an example then that you do point to where you say, no, that is real socialism in action, this country, and it is a success? Well, in, in this country, uh, of course, we have the example of the socialist leaders, Connolly and Larkin. Um, James Connolly said that... Um, the socialist movement was the great anti-theft movement uh, of the 20th century. No, but century. Is, is, is there an anti-Stalinist Russia 
is my question. I mean, can you point? Is it is it is it Cuba? Is it Venezuela? Is it North Korea? I don't know. I'm asking the question. I mean, is there is there a country you can point to? As you say, plenty of people on the other side point to the likes of Stalin and say, look, it doesn't work. Have you a country you can point to and say, no, it does? Here's the example. Well, what I have is there are things uh, in European societies um, that capitalism resisted uh, and that socialists were to the forefront of fighting for such as, for example, uh, a welfare state, uh, such as uh, trade union rights, uh, such as the National Health Service, uh, and so on. The problem is that that push for social change uh, didn't go far enough. It left control of society overall in the hands of corporations and billionaires and then governments uh, who danced to their uh, tune. So I would argue that those progressive changes that socialists fought for have to be linked to um, the idea of ending the rule of big business and running society uh, for profit. Regina? So, there's just so much to come in from there. Um, first of all, I don't think it should be a surprise um, and it shouldn't maybe make Mick laugh um, that I have views that people should be treated fairly. I think the legislation that I brought in uh, and the policies that I enacted when I was four years as Minister for Social Protection should show, ex- show exactly how centre-left my mind and my thinking actually is. But the reason Mick has skirted around the questions that you've asked, Karen, is because there isn't an example. I've researched since yesterday and today trying to find a little gem of a country somewhere that I'd never heard of before where socialism actually works, where the leaders of the country actually really work all day, every day, you know, in the best interests of of the poorest person in the country, not trying to look after the whole of the country. And it doesn't exist anywhere in the world. And anywhere that we've had examples and sightings of socialism, you ultimately see that the people at the top um, end up ultimately ruling for themselves in a far more dictatorial, self-serving way than any capitalist society gets arrows thrown at them. Um, and just to so also like point pigs out... pigs and animal farm. Yeah, well, OK, the book wasn't read or, or written in the way it was written to kind of to make a lie out of what actually happens and what humans do. Um, and to answer Mick's second um, assertion, we've had a, a relatively sensible centrist government in this country since the foundation of the state. That centrist government um, has brought in our pension system, our social welfare system, our education system, um, our, our health system. We haven't done a bad job. Yes, we've got difficulties and we've got a long way to go you know, on certain issues and obviously housing is one of them at the moment. But that centrist government for the last hundred years hasn't done bad by the people that it served. And it didn't need to be an extreme, you know, of an extreme right or extreme left. It needs to be balanced people that recognise that when you're lucky enough to serve in public life, you do so far in the common good and try and act in the best interest of everybody and not yourself. Mick, how would a socialist government have served us better since the foundation of the state? Well, the the essence of socialism is that instead of uh, having a capitalist elite uh, at the top of society and organising things for profit, um, that the working class people uh, would uh, be the people who, who are calling the shots and organising society for society's need. And people who say that socialism will never work in reality are saying that working class people are not capable of organising an alternative way uh, of organising society. But, 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 but to cut to the, to, to, to the gist of your question, um, I think we would say, for example, uh, at the moment internationally, you have four and a half trillion US dollars has been invested by 60 private banks in fossil fuel companies, big oil and big gas backed up by the banking system. Now, that is pointing towards, um, you know, a a climate catastrophe. The idea that that wealth should be nationalised 
put in the hands of society, democratically controlled and used for green energy and progressive causes. That is not a crazy revolutionary idea. That is common mm. sense in reality. And that's the kind of change that socialists are arguing but, for. Very briefly, I would make the point yeah. in relation to this country at the moment that uh, you need to prioritise human need on issues like housing because if you don't do, do it, it's, it's going to result not just in a housing crisis, but in the real rise of racism in this country. Uh, uh, this idea, you know, house the Irish first and so on. We need genuinely housing for all, for the refugees who are welcome here, but also for the people who are in emergency accommodation and who've been locked out of the housing market by the, the centrist government, which in reality okay. is the right-wing right government that Regina is um, I, is singing praise for. We're tight and tight, but I'd start it with Mick, so I want to finish with Regina. We might be uh, further on the road of tackling climate change. Not necessarily. And I think what you've seen in some, and this isn't a proud statement to make, you've seen in some state interventions or some state services, they don't necessarily get provided, you know, as efficiently or as, you know, best value for money as you do in the private sector. The, the thing that worries me about what Mick has just attempted to do is to try and make this a class war. There's a tremendous amount of working class people that I know are superb business people and entrepreneurs, and we wouldn't have some of the businesses that we have in this country without them. There are also some middle class people I know who haven't got a pot to proverbial in, you know. So let's not make this about class. This is about people who have gumption and gut and go out and actually create their own business and employment for others and they should be supported and yes they should be regulated when they get super rich and we should take you know their, some of their wealth back in the common good but they shouldn't be stifled because if we leave it to the state some of the examples that we have aren't something that we would necessarily be proud of. Regina Doherty, Finnegan Senator, Mick Barry, Socialist TD for Cork North Central. I thank you both very much for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.